Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Minna Taylor about public speaking, brand storytelling, executive presence, and leadership communication. Minna Taylor, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Hello, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited to have this conversation with you today. We're going to be exploring uh, a portion of your expertise around uh, workplace communications. We're going to focus on public speaking, brand, storytelling, executive, and overall leadership communication and how to do that effectively within organizations. The, the bottom line is we can be super talented, capable, um, we can be have really great ideas, but unless we can communicate those ideas effectively to our people and to key stakeholders, you know, we're not going to have the impact that we could otherwise have. So I really appreciate you taking the time to share with listeners today how we can do some of this a l- little bit more effectively. As we get started, I wanted to share Minna's bio with everybody. Minna, Taylor is the founder of Energize Your Voice, a New York City-based communication consultancy. With an experiential approach rooted in the principles of improv and performance, she and her team support organizations to explore their full potential in public speaking, brand storytelling, executive presence, and leadership communication. Notable clients include Uber, Red Bull, City, and Ernst & Young. Minna earned her BFA from NYU Tisch and went on to earn her MFA in performance with a concentration in speech and vocal production. Beginning her career as an accent reduction specialist, Minna went on to transfer her theater training to developing an innovative approach for professional development. I love it. I I think that's amazing. Uh, What an interesting and unique background. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of background or personal context? Well, I think it's going to be important to set people up in terms of expectation on, hey, we signed into this podcast to listen on how to be a better leader. And all of a sudden we're hearing from an actor, what the heck does that have to do with it? (laughs) And so I want to prime (laughs) everybody in this conversation to really distill down what acting is. Acting at its fundamental level is how to tell the truth bravely and with a deep sense of strategy and intentionality. And so if you can relate that into being human, into being a leader, into presenting effectively, into having persuasive conversations, that's what we're doing. And so it's really about authentic truth telling. So that is the lens through which I engage in all of our work and that's the lens through which I was trained. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for that framing. And uh, you don't have to convince me, I, I think, 
the arts, um, theater, uh, music, uh, performance. I think it's super important part of the human um, condition, part of our ability to, to impact others. Um, in, an, in a previous life, nothing, I mean, I, I, I not even remotely close to anything that you've done in, in your career, but in a previous life, um, as a teenager and young adult, I was involved in a lot of um, theater and, and performing, and, and that was a lot of fun, and I still continue to enjoy uh, musical performance and, and uh, sing in choirs and such, and, and it's, it's a really important outlet. Uh, it's also, it, it, it helps you just to be able to uh, hold a, a place in your heart, have empathy for and compassion for others. I think that the, the courageous, um, authentic storytelling and the ability to, to share that with others in meaningful ways is just a really important thing. And, and I, I was recently talking with another individual about emotional intelligence. And I think a lot of what you're describing also comes back to emotional intelligence, which of course is a huge thing for effective leadership uh, in the workplace. We need to have psychologically safe um, places of work where people can come and be their authentic self and, and uh, be, feel empowered to do their best work and that they're needed, wanted, valued for who they are. Um, and all of that comes through how we convey ourselves and communicate and, and create the culture of the organization that we're working with. Oh, I think there's no question. And and we really do look at it as emotional intelligence training, because again, going back to what acting is fundamentally beyond truth telling, it's listening and responding, responding to what's in front of you rather than responding to what you anticipate, what you predetermine, what you're fearful the outcome will be. And so when we're talking about emotional intelligence, it's really at the core of what EQ is, right? Listening not being reactive, being responsive, being thoughtful to the other person's experience while being uh, in deep ownership over your own values, thoughts, wants, feelings, and needs. And so there's this beautiful organic negotiation of experience when you engage in conversation, in communication from that perspective. But the challenge is we are conditioned and socialized against that intention. And so it's really about how do we reclaim what we're naturally predisposed to do this notion of what you're talking about choirs. Oh my golly, how long, like go back to Greece, right? That's what we've been doing forever. Sharing through artistic creation, through uh, empathetic, creative expression. That's what we've done for as long as humans have been able to be social and communicative animals. And we need to reclaim that. We need to reclaim something. Yeah, yeah. Well, perfect. Um, look, maybe we can start. You, you've already started to prime the pump a little bit in terms of brand storytelling, this idea of authentic storytelling, truth telling. Um, how does that connect with executive presence? Uh, we, we also hear a lot about executive presence. And perhaps, uh, I, I don't know what your your personal take is on this, but I would like to debunk some myths around executive presence and like the assumptions about Let's what, do it. I'm what on that board. actually means, because <laughs> I know I have my feelings about that. Um, tell us a little bit about what you think about uh, executive presence, um, truth telling, storytelling, and, and how that plays a role in, in leadership. 
That's a big question. So let me start directly at the notion of executive presence. And so when we're thinking about executive presence is interlinked with emotional intelligence. So I think oftentimes when we think about executive presence, people think about somebody that comes in and quote unquote owns the room, somebody that can be ultimately persuasive. But I think then that immediately draws to mind some sort of archetype that we need to fit into that might seem other than who we are. And so when we look at executive presence as it relates to EQ, it's really about how do I show up authentically? How do I engage in deep listening? How the presence itself is perceived when we don't have those uh, blockages or externalized facades of confidence. And when I can really show up as myself and listen and be responsive and be immediate and be extemporaneous and be playful and be thoughtful and be sincere, that's executive presence while pursuing a really clear level of purpose. So for example, as a leader, when you're in a meeting, you can hold status. So that's really what we talk about. How can I hold status? How can everybody in the room know that ultimately I'm the decision maker without me feeling like I need to enforce my power? And so that level of ownership of power without eyes with people honoring your leadership potential, your leadership status, you owning executive presence without it becoming an imposition or something that in, in elicits fear or any level of performance that is counter to what the ultimate group objective is. And so uh, executive presence is really about how can I hold status while holding space for other people to share their voice and then delicately negotiate the conversation toward a shared objective. That's how we really like to think about it. I, I think that's exactly how I like to approach it. And I really like getting past this notion of commanding the room um, because what, what does that mean? What it, it's often kind of this dog whistle towards um you know, gendered stereotypes and mis misogynistic uh, patriarchal structures within organizations, um, which is problematic in and of itself. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know about everyone else, but I, I don't like being in meetings where someone is blustery and and uh, like quote unquote commanding the room. I find it highly annoying and distracting, and usually it's a facade. It well, it probably always is a facade. And, and you're not actually getting to anything real. It seems like a complete waste of time. So I have very little patience for it individually. Um, yet I recognize that many people kind of expect that. And so I always like to talk about why that isn't necessary. Um, how many people could we unnecessarily be leaving out of potential leadership pools, you know, for leadership pathways within organizations, because they don't quote unquote have executive presence. Um, how, how dysfunctional are meetings obvious, often um, where you can't accomplish what you want to accomplish because you're so focused on stuff like that um, versus, you know, actually having effective, dynamic, collaborative, innovative types of, of meetings and, and being able to work together. I mean, ultimately, that's where I'm coming from. I, I think what you said there that I think is really key is... A, it's, it's a very masculine archetype when we think about the notion of commanding a room. However, I do want to say that the notion of commanding a room is accessible to everyone. 
But the way we envision that or the way that we collectively assume that will happen is in this dominant masculine structure. And when we're talking masculine here, just you know, for your audience and everybody else, it's not male versus female, right? It's really masculine and feminine. And so it's a very clear distinction between gender and behavior. So when we're thinking about the notion of commanding room and how that relates to executive presence, what you're talking about, this level of facade is not executive presence, it's executive arrogance. And that's where we lean into the space of bombast because arrogance and confidence are very close neighbors. Presence equals confidence, right? Overconfidence equals arrogance. And so even if you're coming from a fearful place, even if you're coming from a place of overcompensation, that will lend itself toward a perception of arrogance. But we have also been conditioned largely to be deferential to that level of behavior because we think somehow if we're not capable of that, that indicates some level of superiority that we have to be sort of submissive to. And I think it's important to shift our mindset here to allow more space for deeper listening rather than overpowering energetic presence. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, the Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, Ordinary Everyday Actions That Produce Extraordinary Results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Yeah, very well said. So if, if we take that kind of an approach to executive presence, uh, like you said, focusing on genuine confidence, um, authenticity, uh, the ability for someone to connect with the room, connect with people around them, help people to feel safe, help people to be able to feel like they can meaningfully contribute uh, and that they're safe to do so. Uh, if, if that's how we're talking about executive presence, I'm all on board uh, with that. I think it's wonderful. And so let's let's tie that then to, to storytelling. Um, how can leaders utilize storytelling in their personal brand, but also in the brand of their team, right, of their unit, their organization, as they're meeting with key stakeholders? So when we think about the notion of storytelling, first, let's start there, right? Everything in, in this conversation will be about creating foundation, because to your point, even when we're talking about executive presence, largely overutilized terms, 
largely underdefined. So when we talk about storytelling, the function of storytelling as it relates to not only professional context, but personal context, whatever it is, to create an emotional experience on behalf of your audience and to create a shared experience around the pursuit of a narrative. And so if you consider storytelling from that perspective, we can now immediately understand how that will function well within a team. Not only have I inspired the imagination of my team towards what's possible at the end of our journey together, I've now enrolled them in participating in that journey through effective storytelling because I've spoken to their hearts, not just their heads. And so the same thing is going to be true if you're advocating for yourself independently as a leader from a branding perspective, personal branding perspective. What is your story that will allow people to come along on that journey with you that makes it feel accessible, familiar, relatable, but also completely unique to you? It's through the specificity of storytelling rather than the general idea of storytelling. So through specificity, even if it's the greater specificity, which also requires vulnerability, which also requires utter transparency, you know, sort of this notion of radical truth telling. And if that is present in your story, even if that story is completely outside the realm of somebody's shared experience, they will be able to imbue their imagination on your journey and therefore become more deeply enrolled. And then it can become sort of thinking about it from a thought leadership perspective, this aspirational narrative. And that's totally authentic, right? It's not trying to create some sort of heroic, otherworldly, mythical journey of the human potential. It's aspirational, but still accessible. And storytelling allows you to do that in a way that feels really powerful. So that's how it can function independently within a team, getting people to understand that we are in a shared mission and adventure towards something really exciting at the end. And then collectively from an organization, what is a story we're trying to tell that will allow people to understand what is my role within this story? What is my role within how this narrative unfolds? How can I take greater command and initiative to maybe be a stronger participant in chapter three. <laughs> All of a sudden I rise up as the unexpected hero in this moment of crisis. It'll, it gives people a landing point on how to more acutely participate toward a shared objective. I love that. Being able to see how we fit within the team, within the organization, within the broader story. Another way that we often talk about that is how do our values connect with the organization's values? How do we fit with the mission, the purpose, right? Do we find our work to be fulfilling and meaningful in unique ways to us while also contributing to the team and the organization? Um, and all of that can be, you know, as we try to, as leaders, try to help uh, create more dynamic um, teams connected to the meaning and purpose, the storytelling is, is one of the ways that we really do that. Uh, and helping people see how they fit in. That may seem obvious to us. Maybe people listening are thinking, well, of course, you know, but but it's not obvious. And it's not obvious to your it's, people. It's not obvious. Yeah. And and Jonathan, you really hit the nail on the head there. And I, and I think it has to be when we're thinking about shared value, storytelling comes in. And it's not obvious because I think people conflate storytelling with explaining. And they're very different 
things. So I can explain my values. I can outline the values. I can have my values printed and post them all over the office. We can have Slack groups around what our value system is, whatever it is. But if it's simply an explanation and this very objective presentation rather than housed in some sort of personalized contextualized narrative, then I'm not going to embody it as strongly as I would like to. So make sure we're storytelling rather than simply explaining. And that's where the magic happens. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, perfect. Um, and so I think all of this comes back to then you laying the foundation for being effective communicators as leaders. Part of that is, you know, the communication that happens through the public speaking uh, roles that we play, the opportunities that we have to speak in meetings, to speak to our team, but it doesn't have to be those formal types of public speaking um, moments, right? Uh, I think that the effective communication as a leader is is far more uh, inclusive than that <laughs> in terms of what we need to be considering how to how to be more effective. Mm -hmm. So what what would you? Yeah. So, so what would you, if you were um, coaching an executive who perhaps, you know, they're struggling with some of their, their communication style, uh, you know, being effective in, in getting messages across that storytelling to their team, what would be a, a few of the things you would uh, suggest to them that they could, you know, start doing today or, you know, within the next week that they could really work on that small things that could really make a big difference. Uh, so uh, I why I was interrupting you is because I think it's important to recognize that there's no such thing as private speaking. And so any moment where we're engaged in conversation outside of our own minds is public speaking. And so we can look at that in a formalized context or informalized context, but it's always public speaking. So that's the thing I really want to sort of clarify for people. If, if you're thinking, okay, I'm a leader, I know, and th this is these are the clients that I work with when I when in my private practice or are leaders that are really high performing, that are incredibly successful, but know that there's something missing and you can't quite put your finger on it and you don't know how to resolve it. And so sim similar to let's call an allergy test, we kind of need to do a little bit of, you know, uh, hyper focus on certain things and, and do some testing. So couple things to think about when it comes to public speaking or having those conversations with your team. First of all, always start with yourself. That's the thing. So if you're feeling, hey, I'm discordant with my team in a way that doesn't feel exactly aligned to my values. Hey, I'm, I don't feel like I'm communicating effectively or the engagement of my employees is not what I would like it to be. Rather than thinking, what are the systems in place that aren't supporting that? What is going on with your employees that they're not stepping up to the plate? First, you need to turn the lens in on yourself. And so there are a few ways when you actually go to communicate, strongly consider two things. So these are going to be your anchors. When you feel like a conversation is not going the way you want, or when you're prepared to enter into a conversation, here are your two anchors. Am I breathing? What is the tone with which I'm communicating my thought? Literally the tone, not, not the thought tone, but the voice tone. So, hey, Jonathan is very different than, hey, Jonathan. 
very different tones will elicit a very different response. And you are ultimately at choice around the tone with which you communicate. So your two anchors, am I breathing? What is the tone with which I'm communicating my thought? Then I think the internal work here is what is coming to mind? So am I intervening at a point of crisis? So am I managing crisis or am I intervening pre-crisis so I can maintain performance? And what that really looks like is the, maybe shifting the formality with which you're communicating to your team. For example, in my team, if <laughs> it, there has to be no reason for me to reach out to somebody on my team other than they occurred to me. So if someone on my team occurs to me, even if it's unrelated to a project, I will send them a voice note and let them know they occurred to me, why they occurred to me, and gratitude for their contribution to the organization. I love that. Can I just say, <laughs> I know I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you know, I, I, I really believe in the notion of never suppressing a kind thought and just having, just letting people know that you were thinking about them makes a big difference in the lives of those around you. And especially if you have something specific you can say by way of feedback or praise, complimenting them in a genuine way. But even if it's just simply, hey, I was doing my work, I thought about you, how are you doing? That, that's meaningful. Uh, people appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. One of the biggest um, successful exercises, and this is not even really an exercise, but something I would encourage leaders to incorporate overall, that we've started to bring into our workshops since we've moved virtually in this last year is beginning every training with a circle of gratitude and that thereby creating a culture of gratitude. So then when we think about the notion of feedback within an organization, it's not always directly associated with something that is wrong, but can equally be associated with something that is going well. And so I think really shifting the mindset, shifting the paradigm around how we interact, when we choose to interact, what we choose to communicate, and then ultimately what we choose to give feedback around. It will allow people to feel in those moments to more adequately receive negative feedback or constructive feedback, and then also prime them to feel really excited because they feel seen and heard, which I'm sure you know, as humans is one of our, one of our primary basic needs. And I think that will transform leadership, that will transform teams, it will transform organizations. I think it's really those moments when we just want to interview Dean and, and shifting the way we consider communicating to our team, how we communicate, what we choose to communicate. And for you, that really gets things. I When I leave voice notes for my team, I feel good. I feel like... Yeah. I now am washed with gratitude. I am now washed with a sense of purpose. I feel like I've done something to deepen a foundation of commitment to a shared experience. And it will ultimately allow, even in moments of challenging conversation, even when crises arise, the, the rapport, the relationship will be such that you can all weather it together, even if tones get heightened, even if conflict arises, you will all be primed to have deeper levels of respect, compassion, and patience. Yeah, wonderful. 
Well, Minna, it has been a real pleasure. The time has flown by. I feel like we could continue this conversation uh, for on and on and on. Uh, you're welcome back anytime and we can you know, continue the dialogue because this has been a lot of fun. But before we close today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, your organization, and then give us the final word on the topic for today. All right. Uh, this, I have to tell you, I've been looking forward to having this conversation with you. And I really appreciate you holding space for this conversation. And if people want to learn more about what we're up to at Energize Your Voice, you can follow us on Instagram at Energize Your Voice. Obviously, check out our website, energizeyourvoice.net. If you'd like to get in touch with me personally, you can go to my Instagram, which is at Minitaylor underscore E-Y-V energize your voice EYV or check out my personal website minutetaylor.com. My final word on today would be as leaders, never forget you are still human. And when we think about the nature of humanity, it is ultimately fallible. Never seek perfection, simply seek presence. Love it. Love it. Well, Minna, it has been a real pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Minna and her team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.